morning, and I hope and pray you do, please turn them to 2 Timothy chapter number 1. I do want to wish all of our mothers this morning a happy Mother's Day, and um, we're going to be talking this morning a great deal about the blessing of a godly mother. There's a man by the name of Fred Cruz who wrote an article, and um, he's a great author, and he asked the question, what is a mother? And this brother answered that question as good as anyone I've ever heard answer it, and I'm going to read it to you this morning. What is a mother? Somewhere between the youthful energy of a teenager and the golden years of a woman's life, there lies a marvelous and loving creature known as mother. A mother is a curious mixture of patience, kindness, understanding, discipline, industriousness, purity, and love. A mother can be at one and the same time both lovelorn counselor to a heart-sick daughter and the head football coach to an athletic son, and that's the truth. A mother can sew the tiniest stitch in the material of a dainty prom dress, and she is equally experienced in threading through the heaviest traffic with her minivan. A mother is the only creature on earth who can cry when she is happy, listen to this one, um, laugh when she is heartbroken, and work when she is feeling ill. Isn't that the truth? A mother is as gentle as a lamb and as strong as a giant. Only a mother can appear so weak and helpless and yet be the same one who puts the fruit jar lid on so tight no one can get it off. A mother is a picture of helplessness when dad is near and a marvel of resourcefulness when she is all alone. A mother has the angelic voice of a member of the celestial choir as she sings a lullaby to her baby held tight in her arms. Yet this same voice can dwarf the sound of an amplifier when she calls her boys home for supper. A mother has a fascinating ability to be almost everywhere at once. And she alone can squeeze an enormous amount of life into an average day. A mother is old-fashioned to her teenager, just a mom to her third grader, and simply mama to a two-year-old little sister. But there is no greater thrill in life than to point to that wonderful woman and be able to say to all the world, that's my mother. Let us pray this morning. Father God, we love you. Thank you so much for the truth of your word. Lord, I'm thankful for the people that are here today. Lord, we're asking this morning that you share with us just exactly what it means to be a godly mother and what a blessing that truly is. Lord, we're asking that you speak to hearts and change lives. I ask you this morning that you have your way and your will in this place. Lord, would you move me out of the way and use me this morning by your power to preach your truth. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity and privilege you've given me to be able to be a part of what you're doing right here in this place. Lord, speak to the hearts and lives of mamas. But Lord, speak to every heart, we pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Now, I know what some of you may be thinking. Brother Israel, if this is a Mother's Day message, it's not for me. And uh, maybe you've already turned it off. Maybe uh, you're not a mama and never will be a mama. Uh, I'll never be a mama, that's for sure. But uh, this message is for me. And me and this message is even for you. It's for everybody this morning. Let me tell you why. Folks, I don't have to be an artist to appreciate the beauty of a painting. And I don't have to be a chef to benefit from his work. Can you say amen? But i tell you what we all can do. We don't have to be a mama to appreciate the beauty of motherhood. And we certainly don't have to 
uh, be a mother to benefit from what motherhood brings. So this message is not just for mamas, it's for us all. And the truth of the Word of God can be, can be and should be applied to every heart and every life right here this morning. So today this message is for you and this message is for me. Now in 2 Timothy chapter number 1 and verse number 5, the Apostle Paul lays out for us one verse, the picture in one verse, the picture of a godly mama. Now listen to what he says. I love this. He says, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith. Everybody say unfeigned faith. That's terrible. Let's say that again. Everybody say unfeigned faith. Amen. Man, let's wake up this morning. Now it says, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith. That is in thee. He's writing this to his uh, son in the faith is what the Bible says. Timothy is like Paul's son in the Christian faith. And he says, when I recall to remembrance the unfeigned faith in you, Timothy, which dwelt first in your grandmother, Lois. Now watch what else he says. And in thy mother, Eunice. Now the one word that I want us to take note of right here in this verse is the word unfeigned. Now, you may have never heard that word. This is kind of old English. Uh, we're reading this morning from the King James Version, but it's a very powerful word. The word unfeigned, if you looked it up in the Webster's Dictionary, is going to say it's going to mean sincere. And that's exactly what Paul is talking about. He said, I looked at your grandmother Lois, and I looked at your mama Eunice, and I saw a sincere faith. He, uh, really what Paul is saying is I saw the real thing. Can you say amen? And then he, uh, the, the word unfeigned, if you look it up uh, in the original Greek, the original Greek word here, it means without hypocrisy. And I really like that. So what Paul is saying is, I've looked at the life of your mama and your grandmother and now the, your, your faith in your life. And I see that the faith you have, it's a sincere faith. It's without hypocrisy. Now folks, um, I would say this morning that there is a great deal of hypocrisy in our world today. Would you agree with that? Now I hear a lot of people say stuff like this. They'll say, well, brother, I've had people tell me this before. I, I don't want to come down there to the church. It's full of a bunch of hypocrites. I'm not going to go down there and be a hypocrite too. Well, let me ask you this. Don't you go to the ball game with hypocrites? Oh, sure you do. Do you go to the grocery store with hypocrites? You go to the movies with hypocrites, don't you? We go everybody else, everywhere else with hypocrites. Just come on down to the church and go to hypocrites too. Can you say amen? And all of us, listen, there is, a, there is a measure of hypocrisy in every message I preach and every word you say. There really is. And so I want you to know, all of us need the grace of God, but the Apostle Paul is calling the, the unfeigned faith of uh, Timothy, his mother, and his grandfather. The unhypocritical faith. Now what does it mean if someone has a hypocritical faith? Jesus said something in, uh, in his uh, message, in, his, in the gospel writings. He, he called the scribes and the Pharisees of that day. He said that they were hypocrites. He said they were like whitewashed tombs. They looked real good on the outside, but on the inside they were full of dead men's bones. That's what it means to be a hypocrite, to look the part on the outside, but have no life-changing power that's made a difference on the inside. Can you say amen? Jesus explained that in Matthew chapter number 15. Everybody flip over there with me. Matthew 15, in two verses, Jesus describes the hypocritical life. Matthew 15, verse number 8. He says, This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth. Then he goes on to say, And honoreth me with their lips. But their heart is far from me. 
So how does Jesus describe a hypocritical faith? He says they draw nigh with their lips. Again, they look the part on the outside, but there's no evidence of a heart change. How many of you understand this morning that if your heart has truly been changed, if you've been born again into the family of God by the work, by the power of the Holy Spirit, listen, it's going to show up in your life. And, the, and Jesus is saying here that these people, they honor me with their lips. They worship with their lips. But there's no evidence of any change. There's no power of God on the inside that's truly making a difference. Verse number 9. But in vain they do worship me. He says, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. Their worship had become vanity. It meant nothing simply because they had a hypocritical faith. Now that's not true for Lois, for Eunice, and for Timothy, uh, if you remember, the word unfeigned means without hypocrisy. These folks had the real thing. There, there was something different about the faith they had. It was a living faith. It was a lasting faith. Listen, it was a faith that changed their lives, that impacted their lives and those that were around them. And that's what we're going to see right here this morning. Now, do you remember years ago, I'm sure most of you do, there was a very popular soda company that went through an ad campaign um, at Coca-Cola. And at the end of their uh, commercials, they would always have a saying. Do you remember what they would say? Taste the real thing. Do y'all remember that? It would flash up on the screen. And really what they were saying was, everything else might be an imitation, but when you get to Coke, that's the real thing. You're tasting the original soft drink, the real thing. Well, folks, I want to tell you something. This morning, the Apostle Paul, when he looked at the life of Lois, of Eunice, and then of Timothy, he said, that's the real thing. They've got a real faith, a living faith, and a lasting faith. Now then, the Apostle Paul saw it. But for the purpose of this message, the most important thing concerning Timothy and his mother and his grandmother was that Timothy saw the real thing. Can you say amen? Now, mamas, if you're going to be a godly mother, let me tell you what your kids have to see. They have to see in you, living through you, listen, a living, a lasting, unfeigned, sincere faith that's without hypocrisy. That's what they got to see. Listen to me, folks. I want you to know the Apostle Paul said, Timothy, I'm seeing the same thing in you that I saw first in your grandma and then in your mother, and now it's in you. Timothy saw it. He saw that his mother honored Jesus at church just like she honored Jesus at home. How do you know it's one thing to come in the house of God and worship the Lord? That's all well and good, and I'm thankful every one of you here this morning. But how many of you know it's easy in here? It's easy in here to come in and pray the prayer and sing the song and, uh, and, and read the Word of God and get with the people of God and just have church. It's easy to do those things in here, to honor Jesus at the church and in the church. But let me say this, it's something different when you do that at home. When the Apostle Paul said that they had an unfeigned faith, a sincere faith, that meant that they lived the same way at home as they did in the church. Timothy saw that just like Paul saw it. We'll talk about why in just a minute. Now, not only did she honor Jesus at church just like she honored Jesus at home. Listen, she spoke the same at church as she spoke at home. That's very, very important. I never will forget one time I had a mom and dad call me on the phone in the middle of the week and they were talking about their teenage son and, and, and uh, the, uh, 
The father said, I don't know what we're going to do with him. He's, he's not wanting to come to church. He, he's not wanting to listen to us. He's completely rebelling against everything we say and try to get him to do. And they said, would you please talk with him? I said, yeah, I'd be glad to. I made a time. We met up at the church. And the young man and his parents walked into my office, sat down before me. And, and we were sitting there talking. And I talked to them together to begin with. Then I asked the mom and dad to leave. And I began talking to the, to the young man, to the teenager there. And he, he began telling me, really what was going on. He was rebelling against everything his mom and daddy said they believed in for a couple of reasons. But one reason was this. He said, my mama uh, uh, stand up in the church and pray and teach a Sunday school class and sing the songs. And she says all that at church. Then she gets home and cusses me out. Let me tell you what's happened with that young man. He didn't see the same mama at home as he saw at church. He wasn't seeing an unfeigned faith, a sincere faith, a faith without hypocrisy. And because of that, he rebelled against everything. He rebelled against the church. He rebelled against his parents. He rebelled against it all. Let me say this, mamas. None of us are perfect. All of us need the grace of God. Listen to me. I want you to know this morning, God's grace is available for you. But we need to perfectly purpose daily to walk in a way that our children see Jesus in us. A very wise pastor once told me something. He said, son, you're either leading your kids to Jesus or you're leading them, from, leading them from Jesus. And that's the truth. Mamas, I'll say this. We're either leading our kids to Christ or from Christ. And it's not just what we say at church that matters. More importantly, what are you saying at home? How are you living at home? How are you honoring Jesus at home? Are you making decisions and choices in your home that, listen, show your children what it means to be a follower of Christ? Are you pleasing Him there? They're watching. They're wanting to see the real thing. And I'm telling you this, a kid can, can spot a fake from a mile away. They really can I believe Timothy saw this unfeigned, unhypocritical faith in his mama's life, don't you? I believe that with all my heart. Let me tell you why. Because he wanted her faith. Do you see how the progression was? It started with the grandmother. This grandmother had a living and a lasting faith in Jesus that she lived out in her home. And her daughter wanted it. That was The, the grandmother was Lois. And then, the, the, then her daughter wanted it, which was Eunice. And she trusted in Jesus. And listen to me now. She had a living and a lasting faith that she lived out in her home every day honoring Christ at home, just like at church. And then Timothy wanted it. That faith was passed along. Now don't miss understand me this morning. Nobody in here is going to get to heaven on your mama's faith. Just because your mama was a great woman of God, born again in the family of God, does not mean you are a Christian. You have to make the personal decision yourself to trust in Christ and be changed. But I will say this, and this has been my experience in my life. When I saw the real thing in my mama and daddy, I wanted what they had. When I saw how their relationship with Christ impacted our home, impacted their marriage, impacted mine and their relationship uh, from one another, I wanted what they had, their faith in my life. Nobody's grandfathered into the Christian faith. But if you can live that out in front of your children, I'm going to tell you something, it makes all the difference. It makes all the difference. The unfeigned faith of Lois, 
than Eunice than that came to Timothy. He wanted what they had. That's so very powerful. Paul saw it. Timothy saw it. And it made a difference. Let's go on and look at the rest of this verse. It says that, um, and, and now I'm persuaded. Paul said, I'm looking at you now, Timothy. And I'm seeing that same unfeigned faith in you. Wow. What a blessing. Mamas, wouldn't you love that to have been said concerning your children? Don't you want that? Absolutely. We all do. We all do. I want to give you three truths concerning motherhood this morning, and I'm going to be done. First of all, I want to talk to you about the privilege of motherhood. How many know motherhood is truly a privilege? Mamas, would you say amen to that? Absolutely. Yeah. Hard work. It's kind of like the Peace Corps, the toughest job you'll ever love. Amen. I see how tough it is. I, I don't experience it. I'm not a mama, but I've seen my wife and what she goes through and how she sacrifices for her children. And I can see it's tough work. It's hard work. And, um, and, but she does it with a smile and she realizes the privilege. I can certainly see that too. This is what Charles Stanley said about the privilege of being a mama. He said, motherhood is a great honor and privilege, yet it is also synonymous with servanthood. Mamas, do you agree with that this morning? You become a servant to your family. You become a servant to your kids. And, and, and in my opinion, I'm just going to go ahead and say this. I believe the love of a mother is closest to that of the Lord Jesus to the church. I really do. I, I think that when we see how a mama loves and offers herself up for her children, um, that's, that's the closest to the love of Jesus. Every day, women are called upon to selflessly meet the needs of their families, whether they are awake at night nursing a baby, spending their time and money on less than grateful teenagers, or preparing meals. Moms continuously put others before themselves. And I see that time and time and time again. I saw it when I was growing up. I remember my mama, man, she would come in and fix supper for three growing boys. She, she told me uh, just the other day, she said, son, when y'all were growing up, I, I, I was, was talking about my kids growing. I said, Mama, I don't see how you fed us. I mean, I, and I really don't. I, it still boggles the mind today to see how they were able to put enough food on the table. I can remember I didn't eat because I like. I didn't eat because I was hungry. I just ate because I was liked it. I mean, I, I just keep piling in. It was like a hobby for me. She said, son, we used to cook 50 pounds of potatoes a week. Now, I want you to think about that. That woman would peel, 50, peel and cook, 50 pounds of potatoes a week to keep us fed. But I'll tell you this, I can never remember a time my mama eating hot potatoes. She wouldn't. She would always make sure we had everything we need, then she'd go in there and get what she needed or what she wanted. She always put herself before us. She became the servant in the home, and she saw it truly as a privilege, but it was servanthood. Man, she's done a great job of it. I see my wife now doing the same thing. Mamas, you do more than you share. You go above and beyond the call of duty um, so many times in the home. But motherhood is truly a privilege. There's no doubt about that. Take your Bibles and let's look in Psalms 127. Psalm 127 and let's look at verse... Number three, 
The psalmist said it like this concerning the blessing of children. It says, Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb, watch this now, is God's reward to you. It's a privilege, it's a gift that you've been given, the gift of motherhood. Even it says in verse 4, As our arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. He says in verse 5, Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. He shall not be ashamed. They shall speak with the enemies in the gate. Children are truly a blessing. Motherhood is a privilege that God has blessed you with, ladies. What a blessing that is. Now sometimes, let me tell you what I think happens. Some people don't realize the blessing of motherhood, the privilege of motherhood, because they're not mamas. And I know that sounds very basic and simple, but it's just the truth. I, me and my wife have truly been blessed. We've never, never been a time in our marriage when we wanted children and couldn't have them. But I know there have been people that that's been a part of their life. I told you two or three weeks ago that my, my brother and his wife just had their first baby. And listen to me, folks, that was a blessing, an answered prayer that our family had been praying about for over 10 years. And in that 10-year span, it was very, there was great heartache with them and with our family because they wanted a baby so bad. She never realized the privilege and blessing of motherhood because she couldn't have children. And the Lord made a way and blessed us with that baby girl and we're so thankful for it. But a lot of people don't realize the blessing of motherhood because they don't have kids. Some people, or they can't have kids. Some women don't realize the privilege and blessing of motherhood because they've had kids and lost them. Now I want to tell you something. I can't imagine what it would be like to lose a child. I counseled with a mother one time who had just lost her son. And I never will forget um, the pain and the anguish that I saw um, as she knew her son had just died. I remember when my mother lost her son and what that looked like, her laying in the middle of our yard screaming to heaven. I, I can't imagine what it would be like to lose those children that are your world. But that's what had happened to those mothers and to many other mothers just like them. I don't know what it's like to lose a child, but I certainly know what it's like to love a child. And I can only imagine what they go through. Mother's Day I recognize and I realize for a lot of people it's not a happy day, but a hurtful day. Maybe you can't have kids. The Lord hadn't blessed you in that area in your life yet. Or maybe you've lost a child. And you don't realize the privilege and blessing of motherhood. Let me say this to you. If you're listening to me in this sanctuary and I'm speaking to you or you're listening to me on the radio or through a podcast or whatever you're listening to us from, I want you to hear this this morning. Jesus loves you. If you can't have children and your heart is broken today, He loves you. He loves you. He hears you. If you are a mama... But you've lost that baby. He loves you. You know what the psalmist said? He said it plainly. I want us to get a hold of this. Psalms 34 and verse number 18. The Bible says the Lord is near to them who have a broken heart. Call on him today. Jesus loves you. He's there for you. There is privilege in motherhood. But I also want us to see. Um, now, now listen folks. Some people don't realize that privilege because maybe they can't have children or they've lost their children. They're not a mother yet. And some women don't realize the privilege of motherhood because you're right in the middle of being a mom. <laughs> Amen? 
I mean, you're doing all that mamas do. You're running from can to can't, here and there, everywhere, every day, doing all that you've got to do to make your family run like it needs to run and to bless your children. And, and sometimes you probably get tired and worn out and weary. And you have to deal with those kids. I've come, I've come to the realization that when my kids were just little bitty things, I thought they were angels from heaven. They were, they were so perfect. I thought nothing, absolutely nothing they could ever do wrong or ever be wrong with them. I mean, I loved them with all my heart. But I agree with Dr. Tony Evans. He said he found out with his children and I found out with my children as their legs have got longer, their angel wings have got shorter. And sometimes we just got to deal with them kids and sometimes you miss the privilege and the blessing. Kids do things and kids say things just because they're kids. Just like I once did things and said things just because I was a kid that makes a mama want to pull her hair out. Even a daddy sometimes. Amen? I, I, just last night we were over in Tupelo we went over and, with, as a family and watched the movie The Case for Christ. And let me just go ahead and say before I go any further, if you're looking for a blessing, if you want to bless your family, take them to see The Case for Christ. I've read the book years ago, but man, I want to tell you, that movie really touched my heart yesterday. It was a, it was a fantastic movie. But anyway, we went over there and watched that. And uh, anytime you go to Tupelo and you've got three women with you, you're going to stop at the mall. I figured that out. And so my daughters and, and wanted to stop at the mall, and my wife had to do some shopping. And so we stopped in at the mall, and my little girl wanted to go to the bookstore in there. And so that's what we did. Uh, we were walking through the bookstore on our way back out to the car. And as we were walking through there, um, I picked up a book from off one of the little stands that was in the center aisle. And the place just full of people. It was crowded. Uh, everybody wanted to take Mama out to Tupelo, I reckon, yesterday. And so there was a crowd of people standing right there in the center hallway and two police officers standing over to my right. And I walked by and I picked up that book and was just thumbing through it there. My little girl, Ellie Grace, come running up behind me. And just as loud as she could say it, said, Dad, you better not steal that book. <laughs> and everybody standing in that group looked right at me, including those two police officers. She said, Dad, don't steal that rook right there. Are two police officers. And man, they looked at me and I looked at them. And I said, Honey, I'm not going to steal this book. I'm just looking at it. She said, Why'd you pick it up then? And when she said that, those two police officers just busted out laughing and everybody else there in the circle. And so as we were walking to the car, I had to ask my daughter, Have I ever stole anything that you know of? You ever see me put a book in my pocket? To which the answer was, both answers were no. I said, well, what made you think at that particular time I was about to steal that one? Kids say things sometimes, you just got to put up with it. <laughs> Don't they? They get on your last nerve, brothers and sisters. They're a blessing, yes. They are. I love them. Don't get me wrong. Mamas, I know you love them. But sometimes in the midst of being a mama, you miss out on the privilege. <clears throat> on the blessing. Don't let it slip you by. I read a, um, it was on Facebook, I think, the other day. It said uh, there was a picture there of a mama taking her kids to practice. 
And it said, go ahead and take those babies to practice. There'll come a day when you won't have to take anybody to practice. And that's true. Realize the blessing and the privilege now. Amen? The privilege of motherhood. But I also want you to see this morning the power of motherhood. The Bible said there in Psalms 127 that these children are like arrows that we shoot out into the world. We raise them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. We, we try to give them Jesus and lead them to Christ the best we can. And then we send them out into the world. Guess what, mamas? The kids that you are raising will one day rule the world. There's an old saying, and it's very true. The hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. There's a lot of truth in that. I would go as far as to say this. The most powerful job in the world today is not the prince that is sitting in the palace or the president that is, in the ruler, that is ruling a nation. The most powerful job that anybody can possess upon this planet is the one who rocks the cradle. It's the one who holds them babies. Because the children that you are raising right now, again, will one day rule the world. Do you know the kids that you are raising could be the next pastor of the church? The next missionary that takes the gospel across the world? Listen, the next Sunday school teacher that faithfully teaches the word of God? The kids that you are raising could be the next president of the United States? The next senator? The next doctor? The next lawyer? The kids you are raising could be teachers that are teaching young people? Factory workers that are doing what's necessary to make this world run, they're going to be the people who make the world run tomorrow. And let me say something else while I'm here. Mamas, do you know the kids that you are raising, everybody else is going to have to put up with them? Everybody else. Everybody else is going to deal with them one day. So let's make sure we're raising them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And it's of vital importance. There's power in being a mama. It's important. It's so important that on May the 8th of 1914, the U.S. Congress passed a law that the second Sunday of every May would be used as Mother's Day, a day set aside to honor and revere the job of a mama because it's such a powerful one. Now, since then, because of the rise of feminism in this country, motherhood has been demonized and continues to be. Let me say something with you. There is no greater job you can do than that of being a mama. There's power in it. There's privilege in it. I also want you to understand the priority of it. What do I mean by that? None of us, no matter who we are, can ever be effective in what God has called us to do unless we get our priorities straight. We have to. Now, mamas, let me tell you um, at least three things that we need to keep at the top of our priority list. Number one, your relationship to Jesus. That's got to be number one. That's what affects everything else. When you have a relationship with Christ, when you are born again into God's family, that's first and foremost. When you've trusted in Jesus and know the creator of life, then you will know how life is to be lived. 
When you love Jesus and He loves you and the Holy Spirit of God has shed abroad His love into your heart, then you'll know how to love your kids and you'll know how to love your family. So you've got to have that personal relationship with Jesus. He's your first priority if you're going to be a godly mama that's a blessing to your family. Now, if you are a child of God and you've got relationship, how's your fellowship? Amen. See, a relationship happens when you trust in Jesus by faith. And you're born again into his family. When you trust in him for the forgiveness of your sin. Brother, you just experienced that this morning. Praise God for it. That's what happens when you trust in Jesus. You get that right relationship with him. You are forever a son or daughter of God. But how is your fellowship? Your fellowship is cultivated on a day-to-day basis. Amen? Listen, how how are you praying to the Lord? Are you praying to to the Lord for your kids? Me and my wife were just talking about something last week. You know, we've already begun praying for our son-in-laws. I'm praying me some son-in-laws in in that love Jesus. Amen? I'm praying me some daughter-in-laws in in that love Jesus because I know that if I've got son-in-laws and a daughter-in-law who love Jesus, they'll know how to love my kids. Are you praying for your kids? Are you spending time in the Word of God? Are you making church a priority for you and your family? Your relationship, your fellowship to Jesus, that's first and foremost. Then number two, let me tell you what comes number two. Not your kids, your spouse. If you put your children before your spouse... Your children will never have the home they need to be what God wants them to be. You hear me? You got to love your wife, your husband. Listen to me now. Love your husband. Respect your husband. Enjoy your husband. And then comes your kids. Then comes those that you have been blessed so that you might be their mama. Amen? Amen. We just realized that with great blessing comes great responsibility. Make motherhood high on the priority list. Now I know that we've got mamas today who work, I mean, in in today's economy and with the way things are today, um, many times that's a necessity in the family. But let me say this. Nobody ever says on their deathbed, I wish I'd have worked more. I wish I could have afforded that new car. I wish I could have afforded that new house. I wish I could have afforded that 60-inch color TV. Nobody ever says that on their deathbed. But you know what I've heard people say? Being a pastor, sitting beside their deathbed, I've heard them say a lot of times, I wish I'd have spent more time with my kids. I wish I'd have taught my kids more than what I taught them. Let's not wait until then when it's too late. Let's start today. Let's make motherhood a priority. Now, again, when you hear a message like this, on Mother's Day, 
I hope and pray that it's a happy day for you. But the truth is, it may be a hurtful day for you. Maybe you've got some bad memories concerning you and your mama. Maybe you've got some bad memories concerning what mama you were or needed to have been. Maybe you've seen today what you need to do. Let me say this. God loves you. Nobody's perfect. I'm going to tell you, I had a fantastic mama who loved Jesus with all her heart, but she wasn't a perfect mama. No, there are no perfect mamas. The truth is, we all need the grace of God. Each and every one of us. The good news is, God's grace is available. So quit looking back. And today, start today being what God's called you to be. If you spend all your time looking back, you'll mess up your present and hinder your future. Start the day. If you don't have the relationship you want to have with your mama, let's extend some grace to her today. Call her up and say, Mama, I love you. Out of nowhere. Hey, you may have trouble. You may have uh, hurtful times in the past. Whatever. I don't know what you've been through. Listen, that mama you got, that's the only one you're ever going to have. And life's too short to hold grudges. Today, offer some grace. Just say, hey, I love you, mama. Happy Mother's Day. I'm telling you this. God loves you. Show that love to others. Today, let's have a happy Mother's Day. Brother, could you do something for me? You played this morning. Um, I have decided to follow Jesus. Can we do that today? Let's do that, please, for invitation. It's one of my favorite old hymn songs. Now today, if you're here and you've not yet trusted in Christ as your personal Savior, today's the day. Today's the day of salvation. Trust in Him and be born again. If today you know that you're a child of God, but there are certain areas in your life where you know you need God's grace, you need God's mercy, God's grace and God's mercy is available for you. If you know you failed in some way, guess what? The Bible says this. If you confess your sins to Him, He's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Get cleaned up and move on. He loves you today. He's here for you today. In this invitation time, whatever you need, you come. Everybody stand, please, together. Let's sing this song.